Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Voices from the Wild Liam. Uh, in today's episode, we're going to talk my top five horror fast five, if you will, um, horror Christmas movies. Um, I'm being festive because that's, that's what people are supposed to be this time of year. And Christmas is not my jam. So, um, I'm very festive. I have my Krampus shirt on. Um, anyway, I digress. So, yeah, my top five horror movies. I'm going to talk about my five picks. And then I'm going to talk about, very briefly, um, one that I want, like, I tried to get into. Because uh, this, this, this one I'm talking about specifically has, it's on a lot of people's list. But I just... Well, I'll elaborate on why I didn't like it very much at the end. No, I love to talk about things I don't like. So, uh, jumping in. Uh, my first one is All the Creatures Were Stirring, which is a 2018, um, I would say, very B horror film. Um, I'll try to do, like, spoiler markers, um, you know, just because some of the movies are newer. They're not new, new, but they're newer. I may not have seen them, so... Um, the essential plot of this one is this guy reaches out to this girl and asks her if she wants to go see a show with him. Um, neither of them have, um, anybody to spend the holidays with and it's Christmas Eve. So they go to the show together and essentially it's an anthology series, um, where, uh, every time they come on stage, um, to do a performance for this sort of couple, um, it's a different story. So what it does is it sets it up on stage and then we get to see it happen in real life. Um, which is actually a really neat little premise. Um, I will tell you, I got a little ways into the first story and I thought, oh God, I just paid $4 to watch this. <laughs> and, uh, I was like so nervous. It was like not going to be good. Um, and then I kind of got into it and I actually found myself really enjoying it. it I will say this. It's not a film that everyone's going to like. Um, but I think it's important to talk about the fact that when you're talking about horror, Christmas themed movies, anthologies, whatever. Um, they typically don't take themselves too seriously and you shouldn't either. Um, but anyway, so this one was, was weird and obscure, but a lot of fun. I found myself laughing and really enjoying some of the stories. Um, I even tweeted about the fact that like I couldn't, I was like, I'm kind of mad at myself that I like this so much, but it was really enjoyable. Um, and I like that it got to see different stories. I, I love that, that setup anyway. I'm a big anthology fan, so I loved it. Um, so I'm going to, the next part of it is going to be spoilers. So I'll put chapters to the bottom if you want to skip to the next movie. Um, so what I think I liked most was I liked that this was all kinds of horror. It was weird. Like it had some supernatural horror. It had a monster, a demon, whatever. Um, it had human horror. Like I really liked it a lot. Um, when you started the first one with the office setup, um, you know, it's like the worst place you could ever imagine being stuck at on Christmas is the office. And then everyone dies except that one person. And she just, like, gets out at the end and just, like, walks off, like, you know, like, F this place. I'm out. Like, and it's, and I remember when I got to the beginning, when I got to the beginning, I didn't really like it. And then when I got to the ending, I was kind of like, it's kind of funny. She didn't even have her bags or anything. She was just like, never again. Like, I hate this place. I'm not coming back. I thought that was really funny. Um, I really liked the one about the demon where you had to, um, it had to be bound to someone who was born on Christmas day. Um, and you can only go so far away from it or it would kill you. And these two girls, you know, they, they're being really nice to this guy. You already know something's not right. And, um, 
I really like that one a lot. That one was very unique as far as the story. I didn't know what to expect. Um, the ornament on the front of the cover for the film has like a little creature coming out of it. So I thought the whole film was going to be a creature feature. Probably why I was kind of disappointed in the beginning. Um, but it worked out. And then I think if I had to say, I really liked all of the stuff that led up to the ending with the, uh, the main two that we start out with. Um, and I love that it left you expecting something really, really bad to happen and leading up to them acting the scenes out between the guy and the girl and then him coming back and saying the exact same stuff they said on stage and it being very eerie. And you're like, Oh, he's about to eat her face off. What is he like aware? Like you're like, you really start to wonder what it is. And then it's like, that's just kind of how it ends. I love that. I thought it was like such a clever buildup and it was, uh, it was really humorous. and I liked it a lot. Um, which is going to take me into number four which is uh, Hulu Into the Dark presents Puka, which is a 2018 film as well. Um, so I saw, I watched a couple of the Into the Dark movies when they first did the series a couple years ago. Um, this was one that I had wanted to go back and watch, but I never did. And I was like, oh, it's kind of like a Christmas story. So I'll go and I'll watch it and it'll be, I'll see what I think of it. But I, I actually really loved it. Um, and I think the main reasons that I loved it is I think it's really entertaining. I think that the storytelling is really well done as far as the hidden moments that at the end you realize like it was telling you everything you needed to know all along. Um, I really like the aspect of the toys at Christmas Park because Puka is essentially going to be this next big toy. And um, the premise is this actor who's trying to get a new gig. He's just started over, assumably from a divorce or something bad that happened to him. And he's trying to move on with his life and do better. Um, and he gets this gig and it pays really well. And he is like the only person that wears the Puka suit. But then you start to see Puka do things when he's not in the suit. That's like weird, um, and not good. And it's really cute. It, it was really well done. Um, I really liked the acting in it too. I thought that kind of pulled everything together. Um, but that's my number four. Um, I'm going to go into my spoilers part. So one of the other things that I think I really liked about Puka was I loved that like all of those subtleties with like the house um, you know, the girlfriend and her son and not, and no one knew any secrets about like the son's dad. Like it was very hush hush and like people knew, but he didn't know. And so it, it was kind of this like roller coaster of insanity. And at first I thought that's kind of the route that it was going. I thought originally it was like, okay, so this is a story about getting so consumed in what you're doing and trying to live your life or whatever that you start falling apart at the scenes and you lose your mind. Um, you start killing everybody. Cause that's what I thought was going on. I thought Puka was killing people, but it was really, you know, and I thought, oh, okay, of course it's going to be him controlling the suit and he's just going batshit crazy, blah, blah, blah. And then, um, you know, there were so many really good moments where you're just like, oh shit. Like at the very end of it, um, when it reveals that he was in a car accident that killed all of these people and the reason that you hear the defective puka saying look at the pretty lights is because that was the last thing his wife said before he had a car accident that he was the only one that survived and i was just like i when it got to that part i got like really emotional i was like oh my god like it hit me so hard and um and you know it's revealed that the person in the other car that he killed was what the person that you see alive as his like a uh, neighbor in this alternate world that like essentially is just him unconscious and he's seeing all of these things that aren't real. Um, and it was really well done. I really loved it a lot. And I, that one wasn't one that I found humorous. It was just one that I felt was really captivating. And even though it's, 
you know, we, we're so used to this premise of like, oh, I'm really the bad guy or, oh, I'm really the one that fucks something up. But I think this was a very unique take on that. And there's a lot of little moments that lead up to that ending that just made the ending like really impactful as far as like what you felt at the end of it, um, which I really loved a lot. I felt like the journey was very well done and the timing and, and everything all together just made the ending so much better. And I wasn't like, of course it was this, like you do towards the end, you start to get it. You're like, okay, so I think he's probably the dad. And I think he was probably married to this woman and they probably lived in this house and they had this life together, blah, 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 blah. But then even then, even when you start to realize that you get to the end and it has that scene where the puka doll is like saying that one phrase and you're just like, your heart just like falls out of your chest. Cause it's so heartbreaking. And it's just like, because that's how it goes, right? People who are careless drivers, who drink and drive, who do all of these things, they're always the ones that walk away, you know? And it was so good. Like, I loved it. I thought it was very, very well done. Um, and it kind of is uh, reminiscent of, like, um, a story, you know, not quite like a Christmas Carol, but just the story of, like, you you had this opportunity to, like, have all of these really good things, and you took them off for granted. And now, because of some moment in judgment some bad moment of judgment like you it's all gone um and it was really good and I liked it a lot which um takes me to my next one which is Gremlins 1984 um so Gremlins is a little bit lower on my list just because my top two are ones that I just I just love for so many reasons I just felt like this one was and it's really hard because Gremlins is probably my what I would say like my first horror Christmas movie I've ever seen. I've seen Gremlins like a hundred times. I love the Gremlins. Um, I think that um, it's kind of a staple when you're talking about Christmas horror, but it was one that um, I was trying to just juggle what, how I wanted to put them in numbers. And this is where it felt, it felt at number three. Um, Gremlins, if you're not familiar, <laughs> is a story about this uh, adventure dad who's does not have his shit together. Um, and while he's out trying to sell his stuff, he comes across the shop and he tries to, and, uh, it's like right before Christmas. Um, and essentially, you know, he gets the, what we know is Gizmo, which is a Mogwai and takes him to his son and, uh, tells him all the rules. Some accidents happen. Some things get really crazy. Um, and then they did a sequel. And so I think that Gremlins is obviously a Christmas horror movie. There's a lot of, um, it happens during Christmas. And it was so funny because like, I saw Gremlins probably for the first time when I was a little bit younger. Um, and then I think I got to, you know, as seeing it as, as a much older person, someone who's had a lot more exposure to the horror world and who just thinks very differently as an adult. Um, it's a lot darker than I ever thought it was as a kid. As a kid, it was just like this crazy, funny creature feature. Right. But like, I'm watching all this stuff happen and I didn't remember, um, First of all, how racist the neighbor is. I mean, he rants about foreigners like half, like most of the way through the movie. Every scene he's in, he's got something to say. And I was just like watching a very uncomfortably like, I don't remember any of this being in this movie. Um, and then it was funny because like I had kind of forgotten about the story about the dad getting stuck in the chimney coming down as Santa Claus. And I was like, oh my God, like <laughs> it's just a lot darker than I thought it was seeing it, you know, as a younger me. And then, you know, I actually, I think one of the reasons I love Gremlins, besides from the fact that I really do like monster movies, creature features, anything like that, um, is like right up my alley. 
um, because they're they're a lot more playful. They tend to be a little more silly than the more like psychological horror, very deep rooted horror that has like these really th- these things that just make you like I don't know. They it's totally different, and I I appreciate that about them. So for me, this one is a good one for that reason because it is. I mean, the scenes where they're in the bar, um, the scenes, you know, when they're all in the theater, like, they're very silly, but also, like, kind of still unsettling. It's done really well. Um, and then I was thinking when I, the last time I watched it, um, I was thinking about the watching the mom go into and, like, take on these gremlins. I was like, this lady is, like, she's a gangster. Like, she just comes in that kitchen. She's like, okay, turn this on. Like, she, she's just very, like, um... And she tells him to, like, get out of her kitchen. I'm like, oh, man, this is, like, oh, this would be, like, I don't know if I would handle things like that if I had these weird monsters in my kitchen. But I like to imagine that's what I would be like. Um, you know, of course, the iconic scene with the Christmas tree. And um, I, I really love Gremlins. I think Gremlins is such a fun movie um, in general. And I really liked the second one as well as far as the ones that I liked. Um, and I just think, you know, it's a perfect Christmas movie. And it's interesting because it's, I kind of like, the family dynamic as well. Um, you know, you've got the, the dad that's kind of like a little nuts and like, isn't being very successful and the overly, overly supportive wife. Who's like, we have to use these gadgets, even though our house almost explodes every time we use them. The son that tries to be optimistic and is just like, so over trying to use these things, but he's not mean about it. Like the family dynamic is really sweet and it's really cute. And I really like that part about it a lot too, for it to be a Christmas movie, right? And it's like, you don't think family film and you think gremlins, but it is about a family and it's a very cute story about a family. I think my, um, yeah. So that's going to take me into two, which is Krampus 2018. Um, I think, Going into this film when I first saw it, I don't, I don't know that I had like set expectations of what I thought this film was going to be. I don't think I assumed it was going to be scary, but when I was done watching it for the first time, I think I saw it right when it first came out. Um, I walked away just in awe of it. I, I love that film so much. I think that it has a lot of different elements uh, and, and I can break those down I'll do that and post my little like spoilers thing. But for right now, I'll just say that I think it is a very well-rounded Christmas horror film. I think it's got some really great family pieces, um, some really interesting lore. I think it's got some really fun, crazy parts some things that are a little scary and like unsettling as well. But I think it all kind of goes together in a nice little red Christmas bow for a story. And it was really well done in general. Um, so my spoiler part, just because this one is a little bit earlier, came out or a little bit newer, it came out in 2018. So just in case anybody hasn't seen it, this is going to be my spoiler part. After this, you can skip to the next chapter if you want. Um, so one of my favorite things that I think they did that was really, really smart is I love that you don't see Krampus too often. You only see him a few times. And I think using the toys and the elves as these other antagonists was really, really smart. I've said this, I'm sure, in other videos, but when it comes to monsters, the main monsters, the main demon, the main ghost, main whatever, the more that you see it, the less impactful it is overall. It becomes less effective because you become desensitized to it. And you don't see Krampus that often, but you see him enough to know he's really wicked looking. Um, he's very scary. <laughs> 
And he's very similar to what you see when you're talking about, you know, Krampus Cole. He's got his horns and his big, like, dark red cloak and hooves and chains and very, very cool. Um, and then I think, you know, the elves, I love that the elves were a really big part of it because I like the toys. The toys were hysterical. Um, especially the gingerbread man. I was like, the first time I saw that, I was just like, oh, I love this movie so much. It's so cute. And then the the clown thing that eats, like all, all of the monster toys are so well done. And there's a couple, you know, there's things for everybody. There's a doll, there's a clown, there's a stuffed animal, there's food. Like it's all very crazy and over the top and it's fantastic. Um, which makes those sequences really good as far as like the action and the fighting and stuff and the little bit of gore that they have. Um, and I think the last thing that I really like about it is um, I really love the family elements, this concept of like, you know, you've got the one family that's just trying so hard to be so perfect and have everything just the specific way for Christmas to be a specific way on the holiday. And I think, you know, then you've got the family that's coming. That's a total train wreck. They got like a million kids. There's a lot of chaos going on. And they hate, they like don't really enjoy the time together and they don't, they kind of take it for granted and they take the time that they even have with each other for granted. And there's a scene, you know, where Tony Collette's character and um, what's his name? Adam, somebody, is it Adam Sandsberg? No, Adam, shit, what's his name? Hold please. Adam, I'm pretty sure it's Adam something. I'm probably completely wrong. It's probably not Adam at all, but... Um, there's a scene anyway where they're sitting down together and they are Adam Scott, where Tony Collette and Adam Scott are sitting together because they're a married couple in the film. And then he says something kind of witty and funny during this time, this like trying time where they're really stressed out and things are bad. And she says, I miss us. And it's just like, it's such a simple, quick little moment, but it's so meaningful because that's what happens when you, you know, when you have a family of your own, when you have kids, when you invite family over, even if you don't have kids, when you get so busy living life and trying to do the holidays the way you want them to be done and have all these high expectations, you kind of lose the magic that you have with each other. And I feel like it's a really good little message about that because that's kind of the point. The reason that Krampus shows up is because they're all underappreciating what the holiday is supposed to be about. And they're not respectful of what they have with each other and all they do is complain and bitch and moan and start fights and argue and are you know judgmental and there's all these things and they're not together like a family at all which um takes us to the ending which i loved there's a couple of different versions um theories beliefs or whatever that you want to say about the ending but i'm going to tell you what mine is so of course in the ending they all wake up like it never really happened and they just think they all had a bad dream but because they're not talking about it no one realizes that it was the same dream. So then the son, the youngest son opens this little box and it's got the ornament bell thing in it that says Krampus on it. And everyone's just kind of like, oh no. Like as if to say, you know, hey, don't forget. <laughs> this was very real. Y'all need to do better. Um, and I really liked that ending because then it pans out and they're actually in a snow globe on his shelf in Krampus's workshop surrounded by like all these other um, snow globes. And so there's obviously like, one theory could easily be, you know, they're trapped there forever and that's their punishment. The one that I choose to kind of follow that I feel like makes the most sense based on the premise of the entire story would be that Krampus, that's his way of watching them. That it's not so much that they're trapped, but that's like his portal, his window, his like sights on them and his, that's how he could get to them. That's how he knows how they're doing, blah, blah, blah. 
And I think that that makes more sense than them being trapped. Because I feel like punishment-wise, if you're trying to teach them to love each other more, I don't feel like it would make sense to make the punishment that they're stuck with each other forever in the snow globe. So I just didn't really like that concept. I like mine better. So, All right, that takes us into our next one. Duh. Uh, Black Christmas, 1974. So I haven't seen Black Christmas in a while. Um, I've seen it a lot of times, but I hadn't watched it recently. So I rewatched it to prepare for doing this video. And I forgot how fun that movie is for it to be so messed up. And it's kind of one that I think it's, on, it's probably on a lot of people, if not everyone's list, as one of the best, you know, horror Christmas movies ever. Um and it's a, another one like Gremlins that I feel like is kind of a staple when you're talking about horror Christmas movies. Um, for this movie to have been done in the 70s, it's still really effective. The phone calls are so well done that even now I feel like they hold up really well as far as just like making you feel uncomfortable and they make you cringy and you're kind of like, oh my God, like you're kind of like get to a point kind of like the girls where you're like, okay, enough's enough. Like I'm ready for this phone call to be over with. Uh, but I think the acting and the characters are really well done still holding up as far as how that is in a film. And they're not the uh, quite the stereotypical uh, stupid teens that are being followed by these men that are killing them. Um, so I like that. Obviously that's different. But I think one of the reasons that it's so good to me is it is kind of like a dark comedy. There are these very dark, intense moments, and there are these very elaborate, crazy moments of where they, you know, different kill scenes and stuff. But all in all, it's it's quite a humorous movie, um, which I appreciate. And I think one of my favorite scenes is where the the house mother, I think, is what is that what they're called? The women that like run the how the um, the sorority houses. Anyway, I digress. This doesn't matter. So when she's like. She shows the dad the room of the girl that gets missing first. And he's like, oh, I, I'm not paying for her to come here so she can meet boys and drink. And he walks out the room, as, as presumably to go down the stairs. And she stands in front of the mirror. And she drinks out of her little bottle or her flask or whatever. And she goes, I'm not paying all this money. And she's like copying, like mimicking. And it's so funny to me. And she's just like, whatever. And she just like, so she goes out and. She's calling for the cat and she like knocks, drops, drops all the stuff in her hands and it goes down the stairs and she's like, God damn. And she's like cussing and raising hell about this cat. And he stopped down the, the dad stopped down the stairs, pick the stuff up and he's handing it to her. And she's like in the middle of saying all these cuss words. And she just very casually looks up to him and he hands her whatever it was that she dropped. And she goes, that's so kind of you. <laughs> it's just like, I, I rewatched it at work. So I had to like kind of keep my, it made me laugh so hard. Like it's just, there are these moments like that that are so comical and so funny that you just like, you kind of get lost in those moments, just like you do the intensity of the kills as well. Um, and of course it's, it's an older film. So I don't know that a spoilers thing is necessary at this point, but you know, you kind of are led to believe the entire film that it's the boyfriend, uh, what's his name? Ben, is it Ben? Um, the piano player. And then of course they, she kills him to defend herself and it wasn't him at all. Um, it's really good. I really liked it a lot. And I also really like some of the more subtle elements. Like I like that the cops didn't take them seriously because I feel like that's probably pretty close to real life. They were very dismissive, like super dismissive, like, oh, it's just some idiot making prank calls. It doesn't matter. Oh, this girl probably just ran off with somebody. It's no big deal. Like every complaint that they had was just dismissed. 
And that is not too far from a, a reasonable, you know, like things that actually happen. So that made it so like uncomfortable too, because you're sitting there and you're like, I can't believe they aren't taking this seriously. We've obviously seen the girl sitting in the chair with the paper thing over her back or with the bag over her head, um, dead, you know, we're like, he's still in the house. And I, re and it's funny cause I, you know, that line, like, Oh, they're calling from inside the house. Like the first film that that was ever used in was black Christmas, but it's been used multiple times over, or at least similar premises, even if it's not quite the same thing. So, um, but black Christmas is a good one. I really, really like that one a lot. I had forgotten how much I love that film and I forgot how funny it was. And then, so I'm really glad that I rewatched it before I decided to do my list. Cause it may not have been number one otherwise. Um, and that leads me to like my last little comment, which is this movie, um, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Come on, y'all. Stop putting that on your list of good horror movies. That movie is awful. And so here's the thing. I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't get through the whole thing. I feel like I can handle a lot as far as content. I can handle a lot of gore. I can handle a lot of um, concepts. Like I, and you know, and I, I can handle a lot of stuff. I'm not squeamish. I'm not faint of heart. Like I, I can handle it. But that movie is just too much too soon, I think. Like, I started watching it, and I'm like, okay, so we've got this little boy who's going to see his granddad in this asylum or hospital, whatever. He's, like, pretending to be in, like, a weird state, and then he, like, says a bunch of shit to the kid. It's just very chaotic and not, like, the flow of it, I think, was so jarring that it was part of my issue. And then you've got this guy dressed up as Santa, totally separate story that ends up, you know, connecting in the middle. Um who kills a guy at a drugstore for like 30 bucks and his car breaks down. So then he kills the dad, shoots the dad in the head, tears the mom's top off. This is all in like the first 15 minutes of the movie. And I'm just like, I can't do this. Like it was just too much, too fast. And it was, I just found it to not be of, um, it didn't have any entertainment value. I just felt disgusted by it. So I didn't watch that one. I think there's more than one. And because the premise sounded interesting, you know, a serial killer Santa. Okay, I can see that. There's Santas everywhere around Christmas. So it would be easy to gain people's trust. Like, it's, it's a pretty interesting concept. Um, but I hate it. I couldn't get through the first one. So I have no interest in finishing it or seeing the others. I didn't even get to the part where the little boy grows up to be a serial killer. Because I was just like, nope. You know, um, so that's why that one's not on my list. It's on a lot of people's list. I've already seen it in several horror Christmas memes and things that people are sharing. It's just not for me. I can't do, um, that's just what, it doesn't have any entertainment value for me. So didn't enjoy that one. Uh, but yeah, that is my top five horror Christmas movies so far. I really loved Krampus. Krampus was such a fun movie. I really liked it a lot. Um, and I do recommend sitting through all creature, all the creatures were stirring. Very unique, um, setup and very B film, but it was very entertaining. I liked it a lot. Puka was really good as well. And that was on Hulu, so you can stream it if you have Hulu. Krampus and All the Creatures Were Stirring, I had to rent. Um, which I had already seen Krampus, but I wanted to rewatch it, so I did pay to see it, which was fine because I loved it. Um, Gremlins is streaming. I don't remember where, sorry. Black Christmas. Pretty sure I watched it on Tubi because I think I had commercials. Um, and then Puka's on Hulu, so that's where you can find them all. Um, next week, I'm going to be doing some... Christmas-themed horror games, which is probably not going to be a good video, but hopefully at least an entertaining one, so we will see. Um, hope you guys have a good rest of your week. Enjoy your weekend, and I will see you in the next one.